Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 10 of Project MedTech. I'm your host, Dwayne Mancini. In this episode of the podcast, I sat down with Chris Sams. Chris is a product and experience design consultant who has been supporting businesses for over 15 years to achieve their wider digital goals. He has worked with brands including Coca-Cola, Microsoft, IBM, Liberty Global, and British Airways. In this episode of the podcast, Chris and I talk about telehealth, digital health, and software as a medical device, but not from a regulatory environment, but more or less from a product design. So Chris has some really good insights into what input you need to consider when building your application or your software. And it was really neat to get a a design perspective rather than a regulatory reimbursement business perspective. So without further ado, I hope you enjoy my discussion with Chris Sams. Medical innovation starts with medical discussion. Talking about the future and what comes next with Project MedTech. Chris, thanks for uh, joining me on the podcast today. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. So, you know, um, I mentioned in your bio, and I think this is going to be a really interesting uh, podcast because you have a different perspective to uh, digital health, telehealth, um, this kind of new new age of um, technology that's coming out that that really flirts the line of sometimes a medical device, sometimes not, but at the very least, it's used um, in, a, in a partnership with the medical device a lot of times, and 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 are feeding or feeding the health technology industry. Um, and so, yeah, I wanted to get your perspective on it. So, I guess maybe start with a little bit about what you do and what kind of projects you've worked on, and um, and then maybe how it relates to the medical device industry. Yeah, no, absolutely. So. Um, I've been working as a, um, a product designer, which is a sort of a glor- glorified term of uh, effectively saying um, I can look at I can look at all elements within a particular sector. So I can I can look at the um, mobile device. Uh, I can look at the um, web device. Uh, I can do the re- user research. I can you know there, there's there's a whole conglomerate of things that uh, sort of encapsulated within this sector. But um, I think the core principle of anything that I would do or anyone within our industry would be making sure that we're producing a user-centric piece of software, hardware, etc. My role predominantly would be working alongside uh, developers and also people within the the tech industry, the uh, medical industry, uh, scientists, just making sure that everything is uh, galvanized into one Sync, sync, uh, one singular product which mm-hmm. actually individuals can um, effectively use without having to get an instruction manual. Um, I, th- I think uh, I think the the, the, the granddaddy of uh, of design and and bringing everything together was uh, Mr. Steve Jobs, who said design is not just what it looks like, but it, it's also what it feels like and how it works. Sure. So what is, uh, so, so, so you've done a lot in the, um, application space, right. And, and software, um, what, what, uh, what directly in relation to med device or, or I guess telehealth? Well, I think the, um, I, I've worked on a, uh, a product, um, 
fairly recently where it integrates soft, um, the interface of the user with, um, with a device that sits on the, the wrist, which um, can regulate your heart, heartbeat based on different uh, beats. Um, so if you're very stressed, you can, um, you can change the device so it, it sort of lowers your, your heartbeat. And, and it sounds very kind of scarily um, terrifying to sort of be uh, using an app to uh, change your heartbeat. But generally speaking, if you listen to some music, you're doing exactly the same thing. So um, it's, uh, it's about taking that piece of hardware and, and really uh, being able to sort of control your mood. I mean, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm sat here drinking my coffee to try and, you know, stimulate my, my mind and, uh -huh. you know, you don't necessarily need coffee. Right. Interesting. Wow. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> yeah that's pretty cool. Um, okay. So let's talk about, um, well, it's no secret, right? COVID-19 has, has pretty much taken the digital health, telehealth, um, any kind of remote monitoring, um, it's, it's taken it and pulled it forward, right? I mean, there was um, a, a, a lot of talk around it um, at the end of 2019, beginning of 2020, even before COVID had maybe spread. Um, but, but there was talks about, you know, a lot of these, these new telehealth, digital health um, really coming to the forefront. Um, I think that it was maybe suppressed a little bit, um, just because it's something new, it's technology, you know, it's not being in front of the doctor, but maybe talk a little bit about some of the trends, you know, post COVID, obviously COVID's a big one, but, uh, maybe some of the other trends you see, where is it going? Uh, what are people working on that kind of thing? Yeah. I mean, I, th I think COVID has been uh, obviously a, an absolute nightmare generally as a, from an industry perspective, uh, you know, yeah, humanitarian perspective, but at the same time in every, every negative comes an opportunity. Um, so generally speaking, uh, I mean, the, especially here in the UK, the, the NHS has, has pretty much from start to finish said, you know, only come to the hospital if you have any symptoms of COVID. And I think obviously, you know, that's completely not practical, but at the same time, there's all these digital solutions that can actually help us. And, and actually we should be bridging and assisting the NHS. Um, so things like, I mean, like the sort of like the extent, uh, extended reality and augment, uh, augmented reality. I mean, these, these kind of things definitely are a, a thing going forward. Um, the, the fact that you're going to be able to um, speak to your doctor, you can, you can even you know, have a, a patient, um, a patient doctor um, interaction sat in your front living room. I mean, generally, you know, self-diagnosis as well is a, is a really, really important thing. Um, you know, if you've got heart problems or, or asthma, you know, you can use, you know, different apps such as, um, you know, um, Cardia for your ECG or, or checking your blood pressure. And even down to the, um, you know, the self-diagnosis of track and trace, which here in the UK, um, they're, they're trying to pioneer uh, where you can actually understand who you've interacted with and whether or not you've actually had direct um, uh, exposure to COVID-19. These things aren't just plucked out of nowhere and, and realistically you need to be producing a, an interface that actually people can engage with quickly. Um, it's, it's no use uh, if 
you know, you're saying, right, use this app, but actually the app is near on impossible to use. Nobody has a clue how to use it. You also have to consider different age ranges, um, individuals who could range from 14 all the way up to 95, for instance. It has to be completely user centric. It has to be thought out and it has to be tested. Um, I think this is the problem where we're having at the moment. Governments are trying to roll out track and trace uh, solutions and people, you know, the hardware is not there, the software is not there and people are struggling to actually, you know, engage with it. Let's back up to the track and trace and then I want to get into um, the design of the applications. Yeah, sure. You kind of touched on it a little bit. Uh, so what what is the UK doing? How are they how are they rolling this out? I, I haven't heard about this, so I'm yeah no. Curious. So um so the 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 track and trace is um it's 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 been rolled out pretty successfully in Germany and a lot of the universities have been the innovators um, and pioneers. And here in the UK, we're trying to do something similar where you can basically say where you have been or um, I mean there, there's, a, there's a degree a security aspect to it where the government effectively can um, can understand the locations or who you've interacted with but it's it's sort of a almost like a, a background uh, app that provides the government with that particular level of data to suggest right okay you've been to this supermarket someone else has been to this supermarket someone else has had COVID right, you need to be contacted. So it's a, it's a one-stop shop to, uh, to sort of understand the, the kind yeah. of the bigger picture. Wow, that's cool. Okay, awesome. Yeah. And, and the UK is trying to do something very similar to that? The UK is trying to, um, yeah. but I think they, they tested it on the Isle of Man. Um, um, just, um, I think it's either, either Isle of Man or the Isle of Wight. And yeah. um, effectively, just to try and do that small sample and try and uh, edge out loads of, um, you know, problems within the interface, problems with the hardware. But, you know, like with any big government project, it's, it's going to take time to, mm -hmm. to roll out, which... Unfortunately, in these times, we don't have a lot of time. We need to be, you know, rolling out as quickly as possible. Right. Yep. Okay. Um, all right. So let's talk about then, you know, uh, you talk about what goes into designing an application or a software or, or you know, anything, anything like that that's related to the, you know, the, the telehealth, digital health arena. Um, I'm fascinated by it because I use things like this all the time, right? I mean, I had an Apple Watch. I now have this uh, Whoop band, um, nice. you know, and and it it monitors all the, you know, the well. So first of all, the iWatch is a is technically a medical device now, right? They're a, a registered class two medical device, I think, mm -hmm. or something like this in the United States. And um, but there's so many of these different things out there that. Um, can give you some really, really good information. I mean, this isn't an advertisement for Whoop, but this Whoop band gives me, it, it gives me my heart rate variability, my resting heart rate, the cardiovascular strain on my day. Did I recover well? Did I sleep well? My respiratory rate. The, the Whoop band's actually doing something for COVID now. They're, they, wow. track your, they track your uh, respiratory rate, your average respiratory rate. And if you fall outside of that for multiple days in a row, it'll actually ping you and tell you to go get a COVID test. Um, oh, that's, that's it's, it's, well, it's super I, I, cool. I, I, 
I suppose yeah. as well, it's, it's going to be tracking whether or not you have any uh, irregularities within your heartbeat as yeah. well, which, I mean, you, I've, I've heard of multitude of, of different uh, stories where individuals have said, oh, literally my, my Apple Watch has saved my life because I didn't know yeah. about this. Right. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's some of the stuff that's coming out is cool. So anyways, I want to get from, from someone who designs things like this, right? The apps, especially, you know, yeah. What are you thinking about when you're designing something like this? Um, I would say, I mean, the cliche is you always think about the user. Effectively, you are the advocate of the user. And, and I, I think you have to understand that, you know, if you're designing an app or a, a device or an interface that someone is going to engage with, say, I don't know, uh, a, a device that will be used on a plane, for instance, uh, 36,000 feet, someone's had a heart attack. Um, what's the last thing you want to be doing? Right, the last thing you want to be doing is actually having to learn at all or learn or looking at an instructional manual. You want it to be user centric. You want it to be, you want to be able to understand it immediately because someone's life's at risk here. So with that in mind, you take all of this information, uh, predominantly um, best, best ways to uh, get information out of an individual is, or individuals is to have a workshop, get people in a room, talk, bounce ideas off each other, you know, look at different trends, look outside of the industry, the medical industry, look into, you know, the banking, travel industry, things that you love and things that people, you know, it's pointless reinventing the wheel just because it's in the medical sector. Um, and then also you need to be understanding who your user base is. So, you know, do some user testing, do some planning, you know, develop personas. So you've got, um, you could have say five personas, people that are, you know, it could be Dave who's 25 and he will use this app for X, Y, and Z. Um, uh, Jack, who's 55, he's going to use it. And basically every single individual's uh, digital requirements, digital objectives will be, will be varying um, because, if you're if you if you know who you're designing for you can produce an absolutely succinct um device and once it's actually created or throughout the whole process you know who to go and test it on so if you're um literally if you're at the sketching stage you can go and uh get a group of people who replicate your personas and say look what do you think of this um we're thinking about creating an app that that does this it does this it does this Jack will come along and say, well, actually, um, I, I, I wanted to do this and blah, blah. So you're constantly getting feedback. You're constantly evolving it because if you start, um, if you, if you don't, you're going to create a product and then you're going to get to the very end and then go, ta-da. And people are thinking, well, that doesn't, that doesn't work for me. That that's not very good. And you've spent so much money on development that yeah. actually the reality is, you know, you've created a product that, nobody wants. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, and I think too, I just posted, um, something on LinkedIn, maybe, uh, maybe it was Monday or Wednesday or something like this. And it was about the evolution of an implant in the medical device world. Uh, but really just the evolution of medical device in general, a lot of medical devices, like you could take like a, uh, insulin pump, for example, right. The insulin pump technology, has that changed over the last 20 years? Sure. But at the end of the day, it's still delivering insulin. Um, but the way people interface with that pump is different. Maybe there's an application. So instead of, you know, bumping it up on the actual piece of hardware, 
you go to your your phone and you you could bump it up that way turn it off turn it on you know i don't know i'm just it's the the way people interface with medical devices is going to be through technology so yeah i i think you know building of these these apps and software um is going to be crucial and for for medical device companies and you know they're going to start i think you're going to start seeing a trend of more software developers and product designers like yourself flood into the industry because they're going to need it totally i mean that that's the thing as well people um in in this day and age as well people want more of a transparency in their in their in their health i mean um, medical transparency i mean um people want to see stages people want to see you know long gone are the days where you know, you, you would just speak to your doctor and your doctor would know all of the information, but you wouldn't really know. I mean, those days are gone. You're, you're now actually an integral part of the solution and probably the problem as well. Mm -hmm. I mean, generally, so everything has to be user centric. So we need to understand what an individual's pain points are. And, and then from those pain points, we can then identify opportunities, um, ways in which um, we can kind of expand this piece of software and say, okay, right, well, we're, we're thinking, um, for instance, Cardio is, a, um, is an ECG, um, ECG tool where you can you just stick your hands on two pads and it will sink into, a, into an app. But then by doing that, you can also now measure your blood pressure. So, I mean, it's these additional things that you're adding onto it that create that sort of Swiss army knife of, of hardware and software, really. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and the other, the other one, uh, or the other interesting point about this, I had a, a guest on, um, this is going to be about four weeks before the release of your podcast, but in all actuality, it was this week. Um, but uh, he, his name was Arlen Meyer. And he's a doctor here in the U.S. and and he 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 made a point the entire podcast to call call what we have in in the world sick care specifically the U.S. He was talking about, but it, it probably might it might go for most of the world as well. But he called it sick care, right? The only time you go to a doctor is when you're sick. Um, most people miss their at least in the U.S. Most people miss their 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 yearly physicals and 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 whatnot. But but. You go and you're sick, they treat symptoms, they try to cure you, and that's it. There's no such thing as, as healthcare, where we you know, try to um, make people healthy rather than just treat the sick. And it's, it's really interesting uh, because there's definitely a bigger push for healthcare now. And I think it's because of this push into this, this type of industry, right? Um, it, 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 I'll go back to this band, right? This band that I wear, I, I, it, it pushes me to get more sleep, it, to recover better, to, you know, understand that maybe I need a rest day, uh, from working out how it, it even goes as deep as how does my diet affect my recovery you can see trends like that so the industry is trending that way and i think it's really cool but i think this what we're talking about today plays a huge role in in how it trends that way um 
because it makes it easier. It makes it e- like you're saying right there, the things you're describing, if, if I can do it at home, I'll do it. Well, yeah. I, I, that's the thing as well. I mean, the, I mean, the medical industry and uh, the, the sort of self-regulation as well, well, self-monitoring um, leads in perfectly as well to the insurance sector. I mean, the, you know, the fact that you've got some um, insurance companies saying, look, if you wear this watch and you can prove to us via the watch that um, you've gone for a run every day, um, will lower your premium. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, it, it's fantastic and it, it's motivating and, and effectively what you're doing is you're gamifying, gamifying an individual's life, really. You're, you're mm-hmm. saying you're like, your health is this and uh, gamifying it is, has, will, will help you in the, in, in the long run, but it will also help us. So uh, um, I, I use a, um, a, a software here where you have to receive 40 points every single week and then you receive all these different benefits and, and yeah, like okay. I said, um, different, different pieces of technology, different softwares and stuff. So, uh, yeah, it's cool. Yeah. 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 Um, so I think we've kind of touched on it. Um, but, but is there anything else in relation to how user centric design benefits the product? I think you've you've kind of talked about yeah, it. Yeah, I mean, I mean, yeah, that's it. I mean, you've got to. I mean, I think user centric design is what it says on the tin. You mm-hmm. are making sure what you're producing uh, is valid, and also, I mean, it, it's about also creating like a hypothesis at the very start, and and it, it's measurable. So you know, if if something is a is a failure, um, you've gone through all of these different processes. Um, as well, I mean, you, you're also limiting the chances of it being a failure, um, and also, you, you know, in the long run, you say you're saving yourself a lot of money. Um, and plus, as well, I mean, it, it always seems to me that you know the, the designer will go ahead and will design something, and but you're not, you know, as as somebody who's come up with this amazing piece of hardware. It, it actually sort of almost undervalues that individual by this designer having to do all of the, inter- you know, you want to take the company together in the right direction on a journey, um, yep. not just one person have the final say. So by, um, by producing various iterations, prototyping, um, you can get use, you can get the business buy-in as well. You can um, really create something that everyone's really happy about. Mm-hmm. The thing is on, um, you know, I, I sort of alluded to it, but you can do, you know, user testing, you know, A-B testing. You can, you, people always think, oh, you know, you do A-B testing on the end products, you know, but actually the reality is I could give you a piece of paper and I could do like a storyboard on there with different stages of that particular um, process of, of the, you know, the, the user engaging with, um, with the product. And then I could also do one where something completely different happens. Give that to, to, for, for user testing. And then we can actually really understand, we can start doing, um, we can start getting some uh, qualitative and quantitative data, which is really sort of feeding back into the industry and also evolving our hypotheses really. Mm-hmm. So, um, I, th- I think the, the sort of the, yeah the, the term product designer really is is like I said it's it's all in enca- all encompassing making sure that everything has been thought out business requirements everything that relates to the user the company also down to things like um, budget as well if you're if you're designing something and you have a very very small budget then 
you know we we can we can create something phase one phase two phase three and then you know whatever right yeah great um okay what else do you have for me uh you know i think i've i've uh this has been a very this has been very good for me i've learned a lot um about what goes into this you know this is pretty foreign for me um I, I work with companies who have software as a medical device, who have an application in, in, in my, my job at uh, both NAMSA and now at Covance. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm getting more familiar with it, but the design of these things are, are largely unfamiliar, right? They already come to us once they're maybe a design freeze point. So, yeah, it's been very helpful. I, you know, do you have any other words of wisdom, advice? For, um, for I mean, listeners. I, I think just don't be scared of don't be scared of technology and mm-hmm. never listen to anyone who says something can't be done. Um, yeah. I, th- I think I think one of the most amazing factors of um, medical device or software development within the medical sector is you're working alongside scientists, you're working alongside engineers, you're working. At, I mean, it, no other industry realistically. I mean, you know, if you're if you're working in the travel industry, you're never going to be working alongside the the individuals that are making the planes, for instance. I mean, sure. you're. I mean, the it's it's such an amazing uh, hotbed of creativity, and and I, I think as a product designer in in the med tech industry, it's about harnessing individuals' ideas and 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 rational thoughts, and and producing, being able to then translate that into something that we can actually then give towards the user. Um, and unfortunately, the, um, the, the, the kind of the tech first approach has to be, has to be translated um, because the user generally doesn't get it. But if, you know, if we all work together, I think, uh, especially as things like, you know, AI are gonna evolve and, you know, we've got robotics coming around, the, the evolution of 5G. I mean, um, I was reading about the Da Vinci surgical robot um, and yeah. the, you know ro- robot exoskeletons and such, and it, it's just just amazing, you know, just mm-hmm. absolutely amazing what what is coming down the pipeline, and and within all of these, you're going to need somebody who can uh, advocate for the user, advocate for um, you know almost rationality and and dare I say it, common sense. But right, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, the innovation that's 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 coming is just incredible. Um, you, oh, I, you know, scrolling through my LinkedIn feed is 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 always a treat because there's always some company coming out with something new, and or they got some new results, or they closed a new you know um, fundraising round, and yeah, it's it's good to see. But you're right, there's there's a lot going on in the industry, a lot of change. Um, and with change, there's, there's always going to be pushback. So yeah, I wouldn't expect yeah, no, some pushback, absolutely. but, um, you but know, there's, there's, there's so much, there's so much opportunity. That's, that's the exciting mm-hmm. thing. You can, you can look at that opportunity as being, um, you know, 36,000 feet where you're creating, like I said, uh, you know, a, a robotic device, which needs a really amazing succinct, um, user interface, or it could be just an app that, um, you know, helps you medicate your child, you know, um, you just go onto the app and you say, right, I put 200 milligrams in and, you know, and it's giving you advice. I, I think, you know, that people want, people don't want to be asking necessarily for help. That's why there are so many 
websites out there where people are asking for help but they don't want to admit it um so yeah. you know not if, if there's a problem i'll phone up a family member and say oh hi um yeah but actually if i can resolve it myself i can empower myself fantastic yeah. so um you know you want to be able to take people on particular stages in this instance you would have effectively two user journeys you would have um doing the the feeding of the the medical and um the the medicine and also the self-help so it would be about iterating that and and creating something that people can use yeah great um awesome so i'll include um you know a a, a url um your your linkedin url great. um okay. in the show notes so people can connect with you um and, you know, we can also maybe talk a little bit about, uh, I'll, I'll put in there as well, if, you know, how they can contact you and reach out to you if they uh, are in need of, of, of some consulting as well, or just want to talk and, and run some ideas past you. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah fantastic. Um, yeah. I mean, it's, uh, it's a great opportunity to, uh, to be on, on your show anyway. So it's uh, really good. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. Thanks for joining me. And uh, we'll, we'll, we'll talk soon. Fantastic. Awesome. Cheers, Dwayne. Thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any questions or comments for myself or Chris, there is a link to our LinkedIn pages in the show notes, and I highly encourage you to connect with us. If you enjoyed this podcast, please subscribe and leave a review, and feel free to visit the webpage www.projectmedtech.com or send us an email at projectmedtechpodcast at gmail.com. Thank you for listening and have a great day.